Hi listener, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, and this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. Finally, we're rejoining Calvin Wright as he sets off to the Historical Society of Arkham to find out more about what the hell is going on. It's been a little while since I've played. I'm a little bit worse for wear this morning, so I'm quite interested to see how this goes, but it also is quite a quiet morning here, and I've got a chance to just dive in and play some Arkham. As ever, the deck list will be in the description for this, so you can see what deck I'm starting out with. And interestingly, we've not run into my basic weakness yet, so I don't think listeners know if you've not yet looked at those lists. So maybe avoid looking at the list, and let's see if my basic weakness comes up. Which is nice to dodge it in two scenarios in a row. It's a pretty nasty one as well. After the dinner party, Calvin was fairly traumatised. He hadn't picked up more trauma, I don't think. I'm on two mental trauma. But the shocking nature of what was going on at 1452 Atlantic Avenue was enough to leave him completely confused and generally scared. And I asked the community what we should do with my 3 XP and also after the dinner party. And there was a real split between burning it down, which seems a pretty Calvin thing to do, or just barring the door and getting out of there. And I've ended up going with barring the door. And this is partly because, to talk about the metagame... We're going to try and do a no doubt, no conviction run, and this leaves us on no doubt and no conviction, which is pretty tricky to do. But also, I think it is a sort of a slightly hedge survivory thing to do. I don't quite have the conviction of the Guardian to go, right, we're burning it down. I also don't have the curiosity of a seeker to go charging back into the the house. Instead, Calvin's just not quite sure, so he does a temporary measure that he thinks will probably hold off whatever's in the house, and he gets out of there. One of the things that he heard in the house when we interviewed Sebastian was that the historical society... Well, no. What he heard was that this wasn't the first time that Arkham had seen the King in Yellow being performed, so we're off to the historical society now to find out more. Okay? Sit back, relax, or, you know, get to the edge of your seat ready for this... And we're pretty much ready to begin. I've got the scenario set up. I've got my two mental trauma, my five resources. Because we interviewed Sebastian, there's a clue on entry hall, which is very useful. But let's settle in properly to scenario three, Echoes of the Past. Agenda 1A. The truth is hidden. Surprisingly, the front doors of the historical society's Georgian manor are cracked halfway open when you arrive. Who else could be here at this hour? Do not add doom to this agenda during the mythos phase. Forced, after one or more clues are placed on an enemy in play, flip those clues to their doom side. And it's a two doom per investigator threshold, so two. Act 1A. Race for answers. Each of the historical society's many rooms contains records and documents that may aid you in your study for answers about the King in Yellow. There must be something here that can guide you towards the truth. And we need two clues per investigator to advance. Skulls are minus X, X is the highest number of doom on an enemy in play. And we have two tablets in the bag, they're minus two. If you fail, discard a random card from your hand. We begin play at the entry hall. A long, warm hall and two grand staircases greet you as you enter the manor house of Arkham's Historical Society. It's two shroud and no clues, but
but we get one because we interviewed Sebastian sitting there. It's connected to each other ground floor location. There's one to either side of it. And there's an action, resign. You flee, leaving the mysteries of the past to the mysterious cultists. We also get four actions for our first turn because we barricaded the door at 1452 Atlantic Avenue. So we've got to remember a four action first turn. Let's draw an opening hand. Madame Labranche, Ward of Protection. Say your prayers, will to survive, and fight or flight. Okay, nearly at desperate range with our two mental trauma, it would be nice to get a couple more assets down to build a board, although Madame Labranche is nice as a soak. Do we keep the Ward of Protection in hand for cancelling things like Hunting Shadow or False Lead or even a Locked Door? Something that, until our stats are quite high, we won't be able to break. Or do we hold on to the will to survive and do another classic, holding it all game and seeing how long? Hmm. I'm going to chuck fight or flight. I'm going to chuck say your prayers. I think I chuck the ward of protection. Maybe I chuck the will to survive as well, and we just try and get more assets for our opening. A flashlight will be so useful. Dark horse, fire axe. So, redrawing four. Fire axe. Okay, great overzealous there we go there's our basic weakness so that gets redrawn into dark horse right second copy of madame labranche and a ward of protection okay wow we've got the setup there the fire axe dark horse and madame labranche i think turn one is fire axe dark horse or maybe it's fire axe madame and move i know we get four actions okay we can do something good here we can play all three and move Oh, immense. Okay, we'll have nearly an empty hand, but it's worth it. We're two on two investigating at the entry hall. I mean, we could take a punt. Tablets are pretty nasty, though. I think opening up another location just so that we, we sort of know what's going on would be good. Okay, so this is mega for a first turn. We play Dark Horse for three. We're down to two resources. We play Madame Labranche for two. We're broke. So we tap Madame Labranche and get one. And we then spend that one on a fire axe. That's our three actions, but we get a bonus action. So eeny, meeny, miny, mo. we're heading left. An unadorned wooden door leads to one of the ground floor rooms used by the historical society. Now, the flavour is identical on all of these historical societies. And I think I probably, well, it says second floor or third floor. I probably won't read it every single time. But let's see what we get. It is the record office. Two shroud. One clue. Each enemy at this location gets plus one fight and plus one evade. This confined room contains numerous files that might have been helpful to your investigation, were it not for the thick, awful sludge filling the file cabinet drawers. Okay, that is the end of our investigation phase. Upkeep. Lebranche readies. I draw a desperate search, and I will take a resource, taking me to one. We don't place Doom in the Mythos phase, thanks Echoes of the Past, and our first encounter card is Wizard of the Order. <laughs> Four fight, two health, two evade, spawns at any empty location, has retaliate, and has a forced effect at the end of the Mythos phase, place one Doom on Wizard of the Order. Probably want to try and kill the wizard this turn, so maybe we put it on the entry hall, and we could 
Oh, it's going to be hard to hit, though, because our combat is a one. We could take two resources. No, we can't. We're only on th back to three actions. Steady on. We could take one resource, move in, and swing, and we'd be a five on four. If we miss, it hits us, which is good. We take the damage. We'd take another damage in the enemy phase. We'd be up to two, and we'd have a resource the following turn. I think we'd give it a go because clearing it is worthwhile. So first, ooh, I could be a bit clever about this. First action, no, I'm not going to do this. First action, take a resource. I was thinking I could move in first and then take the resource, which would give me another damage, but this scenario can really pound you with damage. Or is it worth it for the one? That would take us up to three damage. We've got Madame Lebranche overflow. I've talked myself out of it. We go in first action, it engages us. We take a resource, which means it attacks us, and we take a damage. We're at two resources. We then fight with it with the fire axe, spending our two resources, which gives us plus four, and we're broke now, so plus five. We're a six on four. Skull, minus one from the wizard. The wizard is slain, the doom is removed. That is really nice as well, because, well, the order we've done it is nice because we've at least harvested one damage off the wizard. That's the end of the turn. Ah, before the turn ends, I'll tap Madame Lebranche for a resource. And upkeep brings me a second fire axe, a second resource, and Madame readying. We don't place doom, we're at zero. Seeker of Carcosa. This two fight, three health, and two evade. It's aloof, and it says forced at the end of the mythos phase, move one clue from Seeker of Carcosa's location to Seeker of Carcosa, if you cannot, place one Doom on Seeker of Carcosa instead. Now, of course, if we move a clue, the Forced effect on the agenda triggers, and we flip that to Doom anyway. So this gets a Doom a turn, but luckily it gets it at the end of the Mythos phase rather than at the Check Doom step. Now, I haven't read this out. All of the Historical Society locations have this Forced, when an enemy spawns at this location, reveal this location ability. We could put this guy in the Record Office. It would become a three-fight in there. What about if we put it in the other side so we get to do a bit of exploring? Okay, it is the historical museum. While investigating this location, your intellect cannot be modified, which I think means we roll with my base of zero, which is going to make it very hard to get that clue. Although we don't need to get the clue because the seeker now eats the clue into a doom. And the historical society reads... Most of the objects on display here are from the early 18th century, spanning Arkham's colonisation and early history. Okay, little bit of thinking. If we step in, engage, attack, we won't kill it this turn. We'll be set up to try and kill it next turn, and we'll take a horror, which will take us up to three, which puts us in desperate range. That's, that's no bad thing. We'd still be at two resources. I could probably do with taking the horror, because this scenario doesn't really provide us with much horror pressure, so getting my intellect and willpower up is going to be pretty tricky. So I think I just do that. I mean, if I go and try and get clues somewhere else at the record office or where I am, the seeker just sits there building up. The alternative, I suppose, is, is draw a couple of cards and then move in, and next turn I could engage the seeker and fight with it, and I maybe be in a better place. But I'm not going to be able to do more than two damage in a hit anyway. I think I just start start whacking it. First action, move in. I mean, the other, other option is that I engage it and I 
just do other things and get the horror that way. That's the Calvin way, isn't it? I'm not really feeling that. Uh, I'm spooked. There are all these people in the historical society. I'm going to deal with them. I'll fight. I'll spend my two resources on the fire axe, which makes me a five on two. I won't commit anything from my hand. Oh, six on two. Skull, minus one, two damage. And then I'll exhaust Madame Lebranche for a resource. In the enemy phase, hits me for a horror, taking me up to three desperate skills online. Upkeep, I draw fight or flight. Nice, that's exactly what I wanted. I get another resource. End of turn three, don't place doom, we're on one doom. And my encounter card is the King's Edict. For each cultist enemy in play, move one clue from that enemy's location to that enemy. Until the end of the round, each cultist enemy in play gets plus one fight for each clue and or doom on it. If no clues are moved by this effect, the King's Edict gains surge. So the Seeker is now a three fight, because it's got one doom on it, but it's going to go up to four fight when it gets another doom, and this is going to surge because there's no clue at the Historical Society, and it surges into an Acolyte. It's going to be a four fight Acolyte. Blimey. The Acolyte I will place... I'm probably not going to kill it this turn, that's for sure. What is my plan this turn? Kill the Seeker, draw a card, move back to the Entry Hall. If I put the Acolyte in the Entry Hall, when I move back there I get pinged for another damage, I'll be up to two. That's tempting. And then I'm in position to get that clue and go into the Historical Society to get a clue. I'm going to do that. Okay, at the end of Mythos, Seeker of Carcosa gets a Doom, which is great. Okay, so... The Seeker is now a four fight with those extras. If I use Fire Axe Dark Horse with my two resources, that's a four, five, six v4 with no redraws. I think I take a resource, taking a horror, which puts me up to four, which means my stats are quite nice there. And then I spend all three resources swinging at the Seeker, which would be a six, seven with Dark Horse, eight with the damage, eight on four. That is what I shall do. Tentacle! Yay! I just had a feeling that I was going to get tentacled. Okay, doesn't have retaliate, but my big swing has failed. I can exhaust Madame Lebranche to get a resource, which I definitely will do. And then I can swing again with the axe, two, three, four with Dark Horse, chuck the other fire axe to be one up. Seems ghastly. Don't really want to pay one for fight or flight for a puny Seeker of Carcosa one damage swing. Yeah, fine. I'm doing it this way. The first way I described. Two, three, four. I'll chuck my other fire axe to make that a five on four. Minus three. Fail. Enemy phase hits me for a horror. And I place that on Madame Lebranche. Upkeep, I draw, rise to the occasion, where were you a moment ago? And I get a resource, which I will take. Mythos, we're on three doom of two. All doom in play gets removed, and we advance. A phrase in a language you cannot describe whispers through the building, and without warning, all of the electric lights shatter at once. You light a nearby candle and continue your search. The building is quite different once plunged into darkness. Shadows and silhouettes dance along the walls. Crevices you hadn't noticed before draw your wary eye. 
What other secrets does this building hold? Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Agenda 2A. Ransacking the manor. Though the whispering has ceased, the sounds of rummaging and furniture shifting is unmistakable. Whoever is here, they're searching just as thoroughly as you are. Then there's the same do not add doom, there's the same forced effect about clues turning into doom, and it's a two doom threshold. My encounter card is another acolyte. My goodness, which comes in with a doom. Where do I want to put this acolyte? Now, I can probably clear these two clues at the lower levels for me. I've drawn only enemies apart from King's Edict. I could swing at the Seeker, think I could kill that, take a resource and move and kill the Acolyte in the entry hall. I wouldn't have killed the other Acolyte, but I could then move across to the Historical Society record office and get it. Or I place it on Quiet Hall's second floor and we head up that way and we just don't worry about that little single clue down there on a two-shroud location. Although I think I can get both clues between this desperate search and this rise to the occasion. Mm. I should be able to hit it. Well, what I could swing. No, I wouldn't be able to get there. I was thinking about trying to do a fight or flight play this turn, but I don't, don't think it would work. Tricky. All we need is the stuff down here. And we are going to get a doom on the Seeker of Carcosa at the end of the Mythos phase. Let's do it. We'll put it in the record office. So it's going to be a four... No, I'm going to put it quite halls. I want to be able to kill it, so let's do it up there. Okay, first action. Try to kill this Seeker of Carcosa again. And one fight. Spending two with Fire Axe makes me a three fight. Dark Horse kicks in, so I'm a four on two fight. And that'll have to do. Tablet, minus two. Dead Seeker at last. Took a lot longer than I expected. Exhaust Madame Lebranche, get a resource. Draw a card. Move in and try and kill the Acolyte. Move in and draw a card, taking another damage from the Acolyte. I could take two and get up to three. Yes, that is now a cooking. Okay, second action, move to the entry hall. The Acolyte there, Jeremy, engages me. Third action, draw a card. It is Fine Clothes, a card that I need to now sub out of my deck. And that gives me a damage, taking me to two damage. And in the enemy phase, Jeremy hits me again. I'm up to three damage and four horror. Upkeep. I draw a second ward of protection. It's nice. I get a second resource. Mythos, we're at one doom of two. I draw a Seeker of Carcosa. Oh my word. Only enemies. Where do we want to put it and how do we kill it? So if we put it on the second floor, either of the locations, we've got an Acolyte engaged with us, an Acolyte on the quiet halls up there, and then the Seeker of Carcosa up there. The play would be kill this acolyte, move up, kill that, that acolyte. The seeker would be on one doom. And then the following turn, move in, engage the seeker, hit it. We wouldn't kill it. So we need to start killing that seeker now just to keep our doom under control. Or can we, though? This turn will be on two doom. We can't kill the seeker, move, engage, hit. So we have to put it on the second floor and we have to kill the acolyte upstairs now. Prontissimo. So we're going to put it on the upper left second floor historical society location. It is the historical library. The sheer number of books in the historical society's library is overwhelming. Even if you had weeks to spend researching, you couldn't hope to sort through them all. It has three shroud and two clues. 
and it has a reaction after you successfully investigate this location, take two horror, discover one clue at this location, limit once per round. And immediately one of those clues is consumed by the Seeker of Carcosa, and we're at two doom. Right, let's chop some acolytes as best we can. Just trying to get to the point where we get hit by something that's not an enemy and we can get the board under control. It's, yeah, a little frustrating. A reminder of my hand, fight or flight, Madame Lebranche, two copies of Ward of Protection, a desperate search, and a rise to the occasion. Oh, and a fine clothes. So, swinging at this acolyte, we're currently a three-on-three three because of our damage. Maybe we play fight or flight this turn and be a seven-on-three, save our resources, kill one acolyte, move up, kill the other acolyte. Or we do the typical swingy thing. Let's do the swingy thing because we save a card then. We're on seven, so we don't lose one yet. So I'll spend my two resources. Eight on three. Skull, minus one. Farewell, Jeremy. Tap Madame Lebranche to get a resource. Move up to the second floor quiet halls. It's connected to each other second floor location, and there's an action. If each location in play is revealed and there are no clues on locations in play, place one per investigator clues on quiet halls from the token bank. So if we run out of clues, that's a way of getting them. This acolyte, David, engages us. And for last action, I spend my solitary resource to be three, four, five, six on three. And I'll commit one of these wards to be seven on three. Minus one. Overkill. And sadly, overkill for David as well. That's my turn. Madame Lebranche readies. I draw second fight or flight. I get a single resource. Hmm. How we miscalculated. Can we kill the Seeker in time? Maybe not. It'll get a second doom now, and I'll only be able to do two damage to it this turn. Okay. I draw Led Astray. Peril. Revelation. You must decide. Choose one. Place one of your clues on a cultist agenda, uh, enemy, or place one doom on the current agenda. This effect may cause the current agenda to advance. And I... Ooh, I have a cancellation. So, let's think this through. If I put the doom now, we advance straight to agenda 3A. We're in a dreadful situation then. We've got zero clues. The alternative is I cancel it. I could kill Madame Lebranche with the cancellation if I don't want to go up to five horror. Or I could go up to five horror. It's very little horror pressure. And the Seeker of Carcosa would get two Doom anyway this turn, which means we advance next turn. If you spend your whole time in the hot historical society just fighting, you'll find that you're somewhat behind. Unless we gamble, and the other second floor location is a way of removing Doom from that Seeker, in which case cancelling and going in and removing one Doom means it stays on one Doom and we've managed to hold it off. But then it's just a zero-sum game, isn't it? That every turn it goes up to two doom, and every turn we reduce it to one doom. We don't progress. So, how do we proceed? I'm pretty sure if we let the Oath Speaker come out, it can't be damaged if we're on Act 1 or Act 2. Which means we need to get four clues and keep running around before it gets to us, which is deadly. Pretty much destroyed then. Running back to the entry hall and resigning now would be such a shame. I want to be in the entry hall ready for it, 
to fight it. Uh, yeah, I don't think I can fight it. Okay, so th this means we have to cancel to just buy ourselves the tiniest amount of time. Just completely fluffed it, haven't I? What a shame. I'm desperately racking my brains to think of a point when I should have been getting clues rather than going for cultists. And I can't think of one. If we'd had one encounter draw, apart from Led Astray, which adds Doom, that was a whispers in your head or something, we would have got just over the hump of this. And now I can't even kill this Seeker, which goes up to two Doom, because I step in, engage it, swing at it, and then we advance. So in which case do I move down to the entry hall, grab a clue, and sit there, what, and die? Resign? Zero XP for just being shit? Oh, so galling. It's the classic survivor thing, isn't it? Your damage output can't ever go above two per swing, which means the Seekers are just deadly. So if I head up to the third floor, I can hope to get clues that way and buy myself a little time. I'll exhaust Madame Lebranche for a resource. Oh, yeah. Unless there's two in this second floor location, but I think then I bog myself down. The speed of the Oath Speaker is quite scary. Probably evade it. I think I also get Sebastian with me, right? So it'll be a real tricksy situation. Hmm, answers on a postcard for this absolute mauling. Well, if I let it kill me with damage, I'm three damage and five horror, I could just take the, the physical trauma and move on. Up to the third floor we go. Let's at least try and get clues. First action, move up. It's the same text as the second floor. I'll move to the top right. It's the historical library. It's the same as the historical library on the second floor. It's passageway traded, three shroud, two clues. I'm a five on three investigating here. I'll chuck in desperate search. Nine on three. Minus one, clue. And I won't take two horror, that would kill me. But I think I'll chuck in this second copy of Madame Lebranche to be a six on three investigating again. Tentacle. Yup, it's this kind of scenario. Upkeep. I draw a smoking pipe. I could turn my horror into damage. Probably not going to. Madame Laurence readies. I get a solitary resource. Mythos. To do Monoseca means we advance. To oath breaking. The front door of the manor opens, letting in a howl of chill wind and the pitter-patter of soft rain. Then it suddenly slams shut. You find a place to hide and eavesdrop, wondering who else might have entered the building this late. No, no, I swear, I swear, I don't know where the door is, a man cries out. You'll have to find the path on your own, I cannot help you. He sounds panicked and disoriented. You spoke the oath, a man's voice responds. You spoke his name. The man st stammers. No, no, I cannot, I will not. Then his voice becomes distorted. He speaks no more. You hear footsteps on the staircase, heavy and wet. Spawn the set aside possessed oath speaker, enemy, in the entry hall. Check the campaign log. If Sebastian Moreau is not listed under VIP slain, search the collection for Sebastian Moreau, Savage Hysteria, and spawn him in the entry hall. We only slew 
Ishimaru and Ashley, they both come into the entry hall. Agenda 3A. Secrets better left hidden. Whoever these people are, they must be involved with the conspiracy behind the King in Yellow. You can't let them find whatever it is they're looking for. Same rule about not adding doom. Same forced effect. And it's now three doom per investigator. Sebastian Moreau is a hunter who retaliates. His attacks cannot be cancelled. He hits for two damage and two horror. Want to be in our next performance. And he has three fight, five health, and three evade. The possessed oath speaker, a damnable fate, has four fight, five health per investigator, and three evade. It's monster, servitor, and elite. It's hunter and retaliate as well. It cannot be damaged during Act 1 or Act 2. And at the beginning of the enemy phase, the investigators must either ready possessed oath speaker or place one doom on it. Objective, if it's defeated, we go to resolution 3. We would get two victory points. But now we draw an encounter card. It's the King's Edict. For each cultist enemy in play, move one clue from that enemy's location to that enemy. Well, there's only the Seeker of Carcosa, and there are no clues there because it's eaten them. So this is going to surge, but also the Seeker will be harder to fight. Surge is into Led Astray. I can either place one of my clues on a cultist enemy, or place one Doom on the current agenda. This turn, the Possessed Oath Speaker is going to get a Doom, because I'm not going to have exhausted it. The Seeker of Carcosa is about to get a Doom. And either way, I'm done. I'm fried. And because I went up to the third floor, like an imbecile, I can't get back to the entry hall to resign. That's alright if we just take a load of damage, but we're not going to take the damage. We're going to take the horror, because we're on five horror. Could play the smoking pipe. <laughs> there is a small... <laughs> uh, I'll keep hold of this clue, just if I can somehow nab something, and we'll place a doom on the current agenda. What are my options here? Smoking pipe, tap it, move to the quiet halls, and then I'm set up to sprint to the entry hall. Or I just keep pushing on, collecting clues. Let's do that. I'm a five on three investigating here. I'll commit rise to the occasion. Minus two. Clue. I'll spend my clue straight away in advance. Haha, progress. Late night studies. You find a record kept by one of the society's historians pertaining to the dreadful events surrounding the closing of an old theatre in Arkham, the Cedar Playhouse. Though there is no explicit mention of the King in Yellow, you believe you're on the right track. The historian's notes are cut short, and there's a faded handwritten page clipped to the final entry. This matter is too ghastly for the public eye. I am placing the remainder of this record in the hidden library. All further inquiries should be done away from prying eyes, for this is a dangerous matter, and not one to be researched lightly. For each revealed historical society location, there are two on the ground floor, one on the second floor and one on the third, add one clue to it to a maximum of its clue value. So the Historical Society Record Office doesn't get one, the Historical Museum does, and both of the historical libraries on the second and third floor do. Act 2A, Mistakes of the Past. Somewhere in the matter is a hidden library where you might be able to find more information about the King in Yellow. You must find the way in if you are to continue your investigation. We need another two clues. If I get this clue here, and then move into quiet halls, 
Next turn, I could go into the other historical society location. Oh, but we'll be over then anyway. Okay, well, I'll still try. Not like I'm doing anything else. Five on three. Zero. Clue. And I'll head across to the quiet halls. Enemy phase. At the beginning of the enemy phase, I can't ready possess Oath Speaker because it's already ready, so I place a doom on it. Sebastian and the Oath Speaker come sprinting up the stairs. Upkeep. I get a resourceful. Nice for getting back that rise to the occasion. And I will take a resource because I might fight or flight. But I won't because we're on three dooms, so we advance. The way forward. There is a rush of footsteps along the manor's central stairway, and the front door opens once more. Have you found it? A muffled voice asks. Yes, we can embark, embark immediately. The path will be opened. The door closes, and the man manor returns to being quiet and lonely. For the remainder of your search, you find no further traces of the mysterious robed figures, nor do you find any information to answer your many questions about the King of Yellow. Guess Calvin has continued his veil of ignorance, and we go to resolution four. The headlines here are that the followers of the sign have found the way forward, and we earn one bonus experience, which takes us to a heady one. We haven't killed Sebastian, and the tokens we get are one cultist, one tablet, and one elder thing, so a nice split. Okay, one experience. I mean, good to get one now when... I'm going to carry on and play the next scenario and there's no time to discuss what I would get. Shame that I've invested in charisma and I don't even have enough for a single Peter Sylvester, but c'est la vie. On we go. Okay, I'm back. Hello again. And I've actually, just while I shuffle up my deck, I've had a few sort of, few thoughts I wanted to share, basically. The, the first was a, a deck building one. I was complaining that I didn't need the fine clothes in my deck anymore. And then I thought, well, I've got one XP. Why don't I just put a test of will in? There probably are going to be some treacheries in this scenario that might kill me. So one XP investment for that seems reasonable enough. The other thought I had is that I realized that you know, maybe it's because I'm tired or that went poorly, but it's a little bit of a roller coaster of how one feels when one's playing. I had a really good plan for Echoes of the Past. I thought for what I was going to do, I was going to really power through it. And then it all just kind of fell apart. But what struck me as I was just prepping my deck for this next scenario and setting it up is that that's actually something that I really enjoy in Arkham. The roller coaster, the feelings that change, that it's, it's not a game where everything is calm all the time and it all goes to plan. It's a game where you have to deal with adversity. Hey, the hammering guy is back. I'll try my best to get through this and let's, let's see how we do. Anyway, I suppose that thing about adversity is just that, yeah, I feel good about that, weirdly, that it went badly. I mean, I feel bad that it went poorly. 1xp is pretty miserable. The, you know, my pride is wounded. But also... But also, I can live with that. That scenario is sometimes pretty punishing. If you get swamped by enemies, there's nothing I can do. I don't have the, the movement abilities of a Seeker, and I don't have the damage output of a Guardian. I've just got to survive. So yeah. So for this scenario, we've got one each of Cultist, Tablet, and Elder Thing. We're on two Mental Trauma. We've got our five resources. 
And we did interview Constance, so we're going to get a Courage asset, which is a little sanity buffer, which is nice. We can choose the Western or the Eastern patient wing of the Asylum Halls to start in. And what's happened is we passed out at the end of Echoes of the Past without really knowing what was going on. And in the unconscious state that we fell into, we had a dream of someone called Daniel. And we're convinced, us being Calvin, that we need to go to the Asylum and find out if Daniel Chesterfield is there. So somewhat blithely, we come stumbling our way to Arkham Asylum and to scenario four, the unspeakable oath. Agenda 1A, locked inside. The patient wing of the asylum is far quieter and lonelier than you'd expected. The hall reeks of chemicals and body odour. As soon as you're escorted inside, the doors behind you are closed and locked tight. It's a two-doom threshold. Act 1A, Arkham Asylum. Aside from the few patients giving you a wide berth, there aren't any orderlies or doctors around to speak with. Looks like you'll have to find Mr. Chesterfield on your own. Three clues. Now I have a little route that I like to do, which is hitting up the yard, hitting up the infirmary and down to the basement if I can manage it. So I think I'm going to start in the western patient wing. The pleasant atmosphere of the reception area disappeared as soon as Dr. Mintz shut the thick iron door behind them. The temperature dropped to a clammy chill, and a foul, sharp stench hung in the air. Three shroud. One clue. Each lunatic enemy at this location gets plus one horror. As they walked through the meandering stone halls of the sanatorium, Carolyn began to feel uneasy. It seemed like it would be very easy to get lost. As, I should hasten to add, did Calvin. Okay, draw my five. We have a fire axe. Until the end of time. Overzealous a second time. Flashlight and desperate search. The overzealous draws into perseverance. Okay, we chuck the desperate search and the perseverance. We've got a nice setup there. And we get two more. It is a rise to the occasion. Great. And another fire axe. Fine. Okay, no Madame Labranche, no dark horse, but cheaper setup. And we can maybe make some progress. Should we head up to the yard first? See what we're doing there? Ah, I should have talked us through the scenario card as well. Oh, and then a courage asset. Face down. Nice. Don't know what it is, but hope it's good. Skulls are minus one. If you fail, randomly choose an enemy from among the set-aside monster enemies, there are seven, and place it beneath the act deck without looking at it. Cultist is minus x, x is the amount of horror on you, so two. Tablet is minus x, x is the base shroud of your location. And Elder Thing is zero. Either randomly choose an enemy from among the set-aside monster enemies and place it beneath the act deck without looking at it, or this test auto-fails. Ugh, horrid. Okay, we could do Fire Axe, Flashlight, and move up to the yard. Let's do that. Fire Axe, Flashlight, costs me three. And up to the yard we go. The fresh air and the illusion of freedom makes the asylum's courtyard a common gathering place for patients. Through the barred windows, dead tree branches sway in the wind. Grey, overcast skies trap the asylum in a dull limbo. It's one shroud and has one clue, but it gets plus one shroud for each horror on you while you're investigating it, and as an action, if there are no clues on the yard, take a damage, remember that you incited a fight amongst the patients. That's my turnover. Upkeep, I draw a desperate search, okay? Go up to three resources. We place one doom. An encounter card, number one is, whispers in your head, dread, 
Peril hidden. It goes into my hand. I cannot move more than once each turn. And a double action, I get to discard it. Okay. First action, I'm going to play until the end of time. Second action, I'm going to use Flashlight to investigate here. I would be a two against three, but the flashlight makes me a two against one, and I will rise to the occasion to be five against one. It is the tablet. It's minus the base shroud of the location, which is one, and I get that clue. And my last action, I'm going to take a damage and incite a fight here. I am Calvin Wright. I have no idea what's going on. Let's just get a fight going and see what else we can do. Now from here I can't move up into the garden because the gate leading into the garden is locked, but I can come back down to the asylum halls where there's another clue waiting, and then from there I can go either east to the eastern patient wing or west to the mess hall. So we've got options. I can't move there, that's my three. Upkeep, I draw, dark horse, and I got three resources. Maybe that's coming down. And then we hit two doom. That's agenda one, smashed. The patient's. Speaking with the patients is proving more difficult than you had assumed. They eye you cautiously and refuse to answer any of your questions, backing away or fleeing if confronted. Either they're not used to guests, or something about you is causing them a considerable amount of distress. Some act like animals backed into a corner, and you think at any moment they might strike. Shuffle the encounter discard pile and each set-aside lunatic enemy into the encounter deck. The lead investigator must randomly choose an enemy from among the set-aside monster enemies and place it beneath the act deck. It's actually on my laptop, but that's close enough. Okay, we've just added seven lunatics to the encounter deck. And individually they're alright, but they can chuck out quite a lot of horror which is a bit worrying, so I'm glad we have Until the End of Time down, which allows direct damage and direct horror to be assigned to it. We've essentially got a stat line of 8-8 eight, eight now. And we're at one of three clues, which feels good. So we're making some progress, <laughs> probably almost more progress in two turns than we made throughout Echoes of the Past. Agenda 2A, Torturous Descent. The longer you spend in this hellish place, the more you want to leave. Already it's felt like days. You fear that if you are stuck here much longer, you will become like the patients, a husk of your former self, unruly and dangerous. Seven Doom. My encounter card is a Roach Swarm. Hmm. So Roach Swarm has X fight where X is the shroud value of Roach Swarm's location, which here is one, so this is pretty easy to fight. I have the Fire Axe, but if I spend all of my actions killing it, I'm in a bit of a fire axe hole for playing Dark Horse. What if I were to play Dark Horse instead, taking me a broke, I would take a damage, which would mean my fight would be a two. Because I'm broke, my fight would be a three. And I could then chuck the other fire axe in my hand to be a four on one, potentially killing it. And then last action, I can move down. Let's try it. Play the fire axe, take a damage. Uh, sorry, play the Dark Horse, take a damage. Attack with the fire axe. There's no resources in my pool, so I'm dealing plus one damage. I'm a zero. Two for my damage, three for dark horse. Commit the other fire axe. Four on one. Minus one. Slain roach swarm. Last action. Move back to the western patient wing. 
with this dread in my hand, I can only move once a turn. So making sure I get that move is really useful. Upkeep. I get a Perseverance and I go up to one resource. There's no reason not to. Mythos, one doom of seven. I draw Dance of the Yellow King. Revelation, if there are no lunatic enemies in play, it gains Surge. Okay, Surge is into Straitjacket. Revelation, if there's no copy of Straitjacket in your threat area, put it into play in your threat area as an asset that takes up a body slot and two hand slots. Return each asset in those slots to your hand. This card cannot leave play except by the ability below. Double action, discard straitjacket. What are you doing? I'm not crazy. So back into my hand comes the fire axe. Back into my hand comes the flashlight. And it's back to me. I wonder. I could clear the straitjacket for two actions and simply take a resource. And next turn I'd be ready to play back down the fire axe and the flashlight. Or I could clear the straitjacket and just play fire axe. Or I could clear Whispers in my head dread and move and just roll with the fire axe, uh, roll with the straitjacket for a while. But if I draw an enemy and then evading with my two damage, which is just an evade of two, it's not very nice, I've got no agility icons in my hand, could just draw three cards or draw two cards or draw one card and clear the straitjacket. The, the risk with clearing the straitjacket is that's two actions to tread water and if I then just draw another straitjacket, the fire axe that I've put in my hand is essentially gone. Then that's five actions to clear two straitjackets and the fire axe. Or two turns, basically, just wrestling my way out of straitjackets. Without cancellation to cancel future straitjackets, it could be a really zero-sum game. Is that even the word I mean, zero-sum game? I think it is, where there's no, there's no positive outcome. But without a flashlight down, I'm not going to get clues very easily. So I'm going to clear the straitjacket. And I'm going to move to the eastern patient wing. Okay, it's three shroud and no clues. And as an action, I can take one horror to evade, automatically evade a lunatic enemy at this location. Okay, sort of useful. Upkeep, test of will, some cancellation. And I go to two resources. Two doom. My card is walls closing in. Test willpower X, where X is the shroud value of your location. So I'm a two against three. If you fail, you must either take a point for each point you take a horror for each point you failed by, or randomly choose one enemy from among the set aside monster enemies and place it beneath the act deck. This is a classic Calvin one, right? I'm on two horror already, so I'm a two on three. I think I go for it, and I hope not to draw a skull and just to take some horror. Minus one. So I'm a one against three. I need to take two horror. I don't think I put any on until the end of time. I think I put it both on me and go up to four. I've still got my courage asset and until the end of time. So that's still a, a four horror buffer. So yeah, I'm doing that. Now I'm at an intellect four, which feels nice and desperate skills are online. So I think I will move to the infirmary. The scratched plaque on this wooden door reads, Infirmary. This must be where the doctors treat their patients. Three shroud, one clue, and a victory point. As an action, I can heal a damage and take a direct horror, or heal a horror and take a direct damage. Limit once per round. Our methods are proven. So that was the first action, moving there. Second action, do I just play this flashlight and try? I'd be a 
four on one, five on one investigating. Yeah, I'm doing it. Pay two. I'm broke now. Spend a flashlight charge. That makes the shroud a one. I've got four horror, so I'm a four on one, but I'm broke, so five on one. Minus three. Yay, clue. Upkeep. Madame Labranche. Yay, go up to one resource. Hand reminder, Madame Labranche, test of will, desperate search, whispers in my head dread, fire axe, perseverance. Three doom. My encounter card is the yellow sign. Revelation, test, willpower four. If you fail, take two horror and search your deck for a madness weakness. Draw that card and shuffle your deck. Don't really want a test of will this. Do I chuck the perseverance in? Maybe, because I'm never going to have the resources to play it. And that would make me a six on four. Let's do it. Minus one, pass. No yellow sign for me. Okay, I'm going to need to race back over to the west, western patient wing. So I think I need to clear this whispers in my head. Dread. So spend two actions to clear it and one action to move to the eastern patient wing. We've not seen a lot of enemies, which is making me nervous, but I am at a place where I can evade by spending an action and taking horror. Upkeep, I draw a second flashlight, and I get a second resource. We go up to four of seven doom, and I draw a mad patient. It spawns at the nearest asylum halls, which is where I am. It's a two-two-three. It preys on the most remaining sanity, and it says, Forced, when you attack mad patient, take one horror. It normally just hits for a damage. doesn't hunt, though. So I could take a horror here to evade it, put the horror on my courage asset, move to the asylum halls west, and try and get that last clue, and we could advance. Then I need to get a fire axe down if I want to deal with this patient. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Horror on the courage, patient evaded. Move to the Western Patient Wing, spend a flashlight charge to be a four against one, and I'm just going to risk it. Minus three, yes! Three clues. Upkeep, the Mad Patient readies. I draw an unexpected courage, and I go up to three resources. I think I go to three because I can play Madame Labranche, and I have one spare for test of will. We go to five doom. My encounter card is a second mad patient, which engages me. Okay. Some shenanigans to be done, I suspect. Let's spend our three clues in advance. Turning a corner, you nearly bump into a nurse with light brown hair and sharp features. You tell her about the violent patients, there's one right on me, and the strange things you've seen, but she doesn't listen. When you inquire about Daniel, she informs you that he is a patient of Dr. Mintz, and he resides in the secured basement level. Unfortunately, she refuses to let you into that area of the asylum. The investigators must decide, choose one. We can test Combat 4 to intimidate her into giving us the keys. If successful, we advance. If we fail, we have to choose another option. We can test Agility 4 to steal the keys from her. If successful, we advance. If we fail, we choose another option. Or, we can test Intellect 4 to persuade her to give us the keys. And we have 4 horror and only 2 damage, so we're already a 4, and we have a desperate search in hand. There is a final option. We can knock her over and grab the keys and remember that we took the keys by force. 
That's a possibility as well. Just not worry with any of the tests. No fear of a tentacle blowing us out. And just just knock her down. I mean, given that we've incited a fight, I feel like that's maybe the right choice for us. Get the hell away from me, nurse. Bam, knock her down. We get to advance. No test. What possibly bad could happen from that? We advance to Act 2A, The Really Bad Ones, Version 2. Daniel is somewhere in the secured basement where the most dangerous patients are kept. Now that you have the key, you can explore this area of the asylum. Ignore the text on the unrevealed side of the Arkham Asylum locations. So that means we can enter the kitchen, the garden, and the basement hall. Objective, find the patient confinement location with Daniel Chesterfield. You will be instructed when to advance. Well, I think the basement is calling our name. But first, we've got this mad patient on our back. What do we do with it? If I play a fire axe, I'll take one damage, and I could then spend my remaining two resources to kill it, and I'd have an action left. Is there a more efficient way of getting Labranche down as well, though? What if I played two for Labranche, one for fire axe, and then I got the resource from fire axe and took a swing that way? I take two damage that way, which take me up to four. Okay, let's do that. Pay two for Labranche. Take a damage, up to three damage. Pay one for Fire Axe. Take a damage, up to four. Tap Labranche for one, and then spend that one to attack the Mad Patient. When I attack the Mad Patient, I take a Horror, so I'm going to place it on my Courage asset, which turns out to have been Fine Clothes. That one resource means I'm a six. Dark Horse kicks in a seven against two. Minus three. Patient slain. Upkeep. I draw a resourceful. Goes with my unexpected courage flashlight, test of will and desperate search. And I will take a resource. Mythos, we're at six of seven doom. Things are getting sketchy. And I draw a young psychopath. After it engages you, you must either take a horror or it gets plus three fight until the end of the investigation phase. Hmm. Well, I am a four on three evading it. And I could chuck in this resourceful and unexpected courage to be a pretty reasonable score. And if the unexpected, if the resourceful fires, I'd get the rise to the occasion back. And then I could move and try and kill the mad patient over there. So I'll let it have plus three fight. I think that's fine. Ah, teensy misplay. I took two attacks of opportunity from the mad patient here. And each lunatic enemy at this location gets plus one horror value. So I should have taken two more horror. One of those horror I'll put on until the end of time, and the other one I'll put on Madame Lebranche because she was in play for the second attack of opportunity. Okay, whoops, but that's okay. I won't take another horror now, so I'll make the young psychopath be five fight. I'll try and evade it. Four on three, six, seven, eight on three. No, six, seven on three with unexpected courage and resourceful. Minus one, evaded. And Resourceful gets me back, rise to the occasion. Calvin then runs back to the eastern patient wing where the other mad patient is. The horror man, it comes on fast. I've had a thought. What about if I not kill this mad patient and just move into the basement? I would take the attack of opportunity on until the end of time, and then I would take the other damage in the enemy phase on Madame Lebranche, and next turn, if I try and kill it, I could then put the horror on until the end of time, and I will have gained more of a soak from until the end of time. I would have taken a damage and two horror rather than just two horror. 
Seems reasonable. We are about to advance. What happens when we flip over the first, the second agenda? I'm not sure. Okay, so I'm going to do that. I'll take a damage and I'll move into the basement hall. Dank air drifted out of some of the darker hallways. Carolyn asked, Do some of these passages lead underground? Nurse Heather nodded. It's a very old building, Doctor. Four shroud. One clue. Forced. After it's revealed, put the four set-aside patient confinement locations into play. Now, these have the Arkham Asylum trait on them, but actually that was a, a little mistake. They shouldn't. So you have to spend the additional cost, which is to spend a clue to move into them. They're all connected here. A cramped stone staircase leads deep underground to the basement level of the asylum. Cries and howls of anguish torment you from behind the hall's many iron doors. You can't imagine what it would be like to live your days in this place. Four shroud one, clue victory one. Enemy phase the mad patient puts a damage on Madame Lebranche. Upkeep, I draw a second copy of Dark Horse. I will go to two resources, just because. And we advance again. The yellow sign. In the back of your mind, a force beckons. Have you seen it? It calls to you. Glimpsing something in your peripheral vision, you turn and find a familiar symbol peering back at you wherever you look. It is etched upon the doors, drawn on the walls, painted on the patient's canvases. You cannot escape it. The lead investigator must randomly choose an enemy from among the set-aside monster enemies and shuffle it into the encounter deck without looking at it. Check the campaign log if Constance Domain... Is listed under via if not listed under VIPs slain, spawn her in the garden. She's four fight, six health and one of age, she hunts, and when she's exhausted she gets plus three fight. What's wrong? Aren't you enjoying yourself? I mean no, I'm having a terrible time, but yeah. Agenda three A Flee. Flee while you still can. Forced. When you would place an enemy beneath the act deck, shuffle that enemy into the encounter deck instead. Let's see what we draw. If we draw something reasonable, and there's no reason why we should, we could kill the mad patient, try and grab this clue, and explore the first patient confinement. I'm already nervous, as I always am at this point, that I've wasted too much time. It's a straitjacket. Okay, I think we test of will the straitjacket, because then we've still got a flashlight charge for getting clues, and that is an XP well spent. First action, let us try and kill the mad patient. We attack it, so we put the horror on until the end of time. We're four on two, and we spend a resource to be six, and Dark Horse kicks in seven on two. Tablet. Minus X. X is the base shroud value of your location, which is four. So that makes us a three on two. The mad patient is gone. I won't attack Madame Lebranche yet, because Dark Horse is still online. I'll investigate here. I'm a five on four. And I'll commit this desperate search to be a 9 on 4. That is an elder thing. Either randomly choose an enemy from among the set-aside monster enemies and place it beneath the act deck without looking at it, which would mean it would get shuffled in, or auto-fail. If we auto-fail, I could just go again with Rise to the Occasion. I'm going to auto-fail. Can't be dealing with more enemies. So I'm a five on four investigating again. Do I commit rise to the occasion or do I use my last flashlight charge? I do have another flashlight in hand. Rise to the occasion would make me a an eight on four. Flashlight would make me a five on two. Three up or two up. 
No, four up or three up. I'm going to commit rise to the occasion because the shroud is four, so that tablet is nasty. Tablets, minus four. Wow, tablet, elder thing, tablet draw. We get the clue. Enemy phase. Constance hunts to the yard. Upkeep. We draw a smoking pipe. We get a resource. Mythos. One doom. And our encounter card is... A roach swarm. Nasty. So that engages us and we're a shroud four here. If we attack with the axe, we're a seven on four. Let's do it. Seven on four, axe swing. Oh, I got a resource from upkeep. I could have tapped Madame Lebranche at the end of last turn. So that would make me on two resources, which means I'm a nine on four. That tablet threw me off. Cultist, minus X, the amount of horror, four, dead roach. Tap Madame Lebranche for a resource. Second action, one of these four patient confinements. I'm going to go to the farthest left one and spend my clue. It's three shroud, one clue. A chill gloom envelops this windowless cell. Being locked in here for a day would be torturous, let alone for months. It is the dreary cell. As an action, I can test intellect two to speak to the patients here. If you succeed, you're able to interpret her ravings. Remember that you know the guards' patrols. Now, I shouldn't have taken that resource with Madame Lebranche rather screws me over. Let's use our last flashlight charge and I would be a four on one here. It is Elder Thing. I've got to shuffle a monster for this one to get the clue. Shuffle the encounter deck. Damn, second monster. So first action was Roach Swarm, second action was Move In, third action was Clue. We probably want to learn the guards patrols and we are a Four on two next turn, trying that. Upkeep, I do get a resource. And my card is the man in the pallid mask. Spawns at the location farthest from all investigators. So background to the young psychopath is even, and then it could either be the kitchen or the garden. So I'm going to place him in the kitchen. Oh, and I forgot to move Constance in the enemy phase. There's so much noise going on outside. There's drilling upstairs and stuff there's the buses and then the a street sweeper just came by and it's really throwing me off for concentrating because i normally try and pause to avoid the worst of the no noise and it's just making me kind of go mad okay so i've done upkeep because that was man and palin mask and a resource i've moved constance so we go to two doom of eight and i draw a maniac after it engages you take a damage and deal one damage to maniac oh no i think take the damage which takes me up to five i think i've run out of time haven't i because i need to move move clue thing move move clue thing that's eight actions and then one two three four five another six actions eight plus six is 14 so that's five to wow if we don't fail any tests i think we can make it oh we're gonna have to <sighs> the asylum might be too much. It's been a fateful bad morning for Calvin, hasn't it? So what do we do with the maniac? Well, one action we evade it. Five on one. And we just move on, save our resources. Let's do that. Five on one. Minus two. Evaded. Okay. Second action. We try to speak to the patients here. 
we're a four on two. Minus two, I can't believe it. Okay, a little bit of luck. Last action, we move back to the basement hall. Enemy phase, the maniac readies up in the dreary cell and stays there. Constance moves to the eastern patient wing. She's coming for us. Upkeep, say your prayers. Well, that will power us through a test and I will take another resource because I'm about to play flashlight. We go to three doom and I draw descent into madness, surge. And if I have at least three horror, I lose an action. So I lose an action and I surge into corrosion. Oh no. Discard item assets from play and or from your hand with a total printed resource cost of at least X, where X is the shroud value of your location. If no cards are discarded, it gains surge. We're at shroud four. So I'll discard this empty flashlight from play. That's two. Do I discard the other flashlight in my hand to hit four? Or do I discard this smoking pipe, which is an item, and the fire axe? I do that because I keep the flashlight for more clues. And there goes corrosion. Okay. Uh, damn. Am I out of uh, fire axes, though? What if I come up against someone I need to kill? Maybe I should do it the other way around. Keep smoking pipe in hand, keep fire axe in play, and lose the other flashlight. And just rely on my intellect four to get clues. But what if there are a bunch of places where the shroud is really high? I've already used my desperate search. I've used one rise to the occasion and one unexpected courage. I mean, there are options. Mm, tricky. I'll keep the fire axe in play. So that means I lose this flashlight. Keep the smoking pipe as a only willpower icon. Say your prayers, dark horse and smoking pipe. Okay, first action, move. Another patient confinement. It is Daniel's cell. Two shroud and a clue. Daniel's windowless cell is hopelessly dank and grim. The walls are covered in erratic scribbling, which upon further inspection appears to be passages from the king in yellow. So I advance. Daniel's warning. When you enter his cell, you find Daniel huddled in a corner of the room, sobbing and rocking back and forth on the ground. No mask! No mask! He stammers over and over. You help him to his feet and ask him what he remembers about the king in yellow, but he interrupts you. Don't speak his name! He exclaims frantically, his eyes wide with a yellow glow. Nigel made us speak his name! He made us speak the oath! And now he lives inside us, controlling us! Don't you understand? He rambles on. The man approaches, wearing a crazed expression, and you take a wary step backwards. We spoke his name, and the price was paid. Hasta! Hasta! O king! Then, suddenly, he transforms before your very eyes. His bones twist and snap. His body warps grotesquely. The symbol carved into his forehead burns bright, and a yellow glow emanates from within his body. He lunges to attack you. Spawn the set-aside Daniel Chesterfield enemy side up in patient confinement Daniel's cell. Daniel Chesterfield, or at least what's less left of him, is a humanoid lunatic elite enemy with three fight, four health, and three evade, preys on the highest combat, and has an action if you control clasp of black onyx, you can parlay, you show Daniel the clasp, and he staggers backwards, collapsing into a motionless husk. Add him to the victory display. He's victory one. In the distant past, you'll remember that I was hit by that surging descent into madness, and I've only got two actions this turn. So my first action was moving in, and I've got one left. But let's see what Act 3A says. Planning the escape. With or without Daniel, you have to get out of this place as soon as you can. 
Ignore the text on the unrevealed side of Arkham Asylum locations, as we know. Objective, if the investigators have performed four of the following, you must advance. Know the guards' patrols, we do. Incited a fight among the patients, we do. Set a fire in the kitchen, released a dangerous patient, recalled the way out and distracted the guards, we don't. With a sole action left, what do we opt to do? Daniel is going to hit us for one and one, which would kill us because we're on five damage, so we would kill off Madame Lebranche. We could evade Daniel, and next turn he would ready, and in the basement would be Constance, and on us would be Daniel. And that starts to severely limit our actions, because we would have to evade Daniel, grab the clue here, move back to the basement, get killed by Constance. So that is kind of a no-go, the evading. If we attack Daniel now, we maybe put two damage on him, tap Madame Lebranche, and Madame Lebranche then dies. Next turn we have to attack Daniel, which would kill him, and we're still it's still the same situation where Constance is waiting to come in on us. And now that desire for a perseverance, which is right at the bottom of the discard pile, starts to be really worthwhile. And what do we do next turn then? We kill Daniel, try and grab the clue, move into Constance and get killed. Kill Daniel, move to Constance, evade her, and then the following turn evade her, move back, get the clue. It's so slow. Well, let's take a swing at Daniel, spend all of our resources, which is three resources, to make us a 5, 11, 12 with Dark Horse against three. Elder Sign! Ho 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 ho! Ha! He! Ha! Two damage to Daniel, and we can heal a damage or a horror. What is worth healing, though? If we heal a damage, we can take Daniel's attack on us this turn and save Madame Lebranche for another turn. So we'll exhaust Madame Lebranche, get a resource. In the enemy phase, Daniel hits us. We're up to 5-5-5-5, and Constance has hunted into the basement. And our upkeep card is Will to Survive, and he heard my voice raise, and then I realised I don't have enough money for it. That, I mean, that to turbo, if we could save our resources, turbo through some tests, would be great. We go to four doom. I think it's curtains, and I'm sort of resigned to that being okay, but uh, maybe we can fight our way through. My encounter card is walls closing in. Test willpower X, where X is the shroud value of your location. It's two, so I'm a five on two. I think I chuck dark horse and smoking pipe to be a seven on two. Oh, I don't even need to do both. I'll just chuck Dark Horse 6 on 2. Cultist. Minus 5. I should have done both. So I fail by 1. I need to either take a Horror, which I'm not going to do, so I have to shuffle a monster in. We're up to 1 set aside and 3 shuffled in now. Damn. Miscalculations galore. Chop up Daniel. Move, evade Constance. No. Ah, damn. Chop up Daniel. Get a Madame Lebranche resource. Take two resources and I'll be able to will to survive and I still die. Hmm. Hum, hum, hum. Evade Daniel. Get clue. Move to Constance. Still die. Is there any way out of this situation? I don't think so. Cards in hand. Will to survive and I'm only on two resources. Say your prayers and smoking pipe. What if I evaded Daniel, drew two cards? I died to Constance. Evaded Daniel, move, evaded Constance. 
but then I need this clue in Daniel's location to be able to go into the other two patient confinements, or even just to go into one. Kill Daniel. Kill and evade is essentially the same apart from the resources. So I could kill Daniel, move to Constance, evade her, hopefully. Next turn, evade Constance, move back to Daniel's cell, get the clue. Next turn, move back to Constance, evade Constance, go into the next location. That's the only way I can survive. I don't think it will take too long, but let's give it a try. Spend two resources. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten against three. Skull, minus one, I don't fail. Daniel is added to the victory display. Sweet, two XP, guys. Second action, move to Constance. She engages me. Third action, try and evade her. Five against one. Six against one, because I'm broke. Skull again, pass. She's evaded. Tap Madame Lebranche to go up to one resource. Enemy phase, she readies. Upkeep, I get a resource, and I get a rise to the occasion. We go to five doom. Time is running out. My card is Gift of Madness Misery. Peril hidden. Revelation secretly added to your hand. I cannot trigger action abilities on locations, and I can randomly choose one enemy from among the set-aside monster enemies and place it beneath the act deck without looking at it to get rid of this. Okay. Try to evade Constance. Five on one. Skull. Pass. Constance evaded. Second action, move to Daniel's cell. Third action, investigate here. Five on two. Do I rise to the occasion? That would make me eight on two. Yes. Minus two. Clue. Enemy phase. Nothing. Upkeep. Constance readies. I draw an unexpected courage. I get a resource. I'm up to three. We go to six doom. I somehow need to move one, two, three, four, five, and resign in the next one turn, okay, and get all these things down. Descent into madness, I lose an action, and a screeching bayaki engages me. Well, with my two actions, why don't I try and kill this screeching bayaki, and then we're all done. So I'll swing with my axe to make me ten against three, but I have four or fewer sanity, so it's ten against four. Zero, two damage. And then I'll tap Madame LeBranche and spend that resource again, which makes me a five. Six with Dark Horse, seven, eight against four. No need to boost. Minus two, dead by a key. And in the enemy phase, Constance steps into Daniel's cell and hits me for two damage, defeating Madame LeBranche, but also defeating me with damage. I don't normally read resolutions, but this one is probably worth re reading. Before resolving any other resolution, if at least one investigator was defeated, the defeated investigators read investigated defeat first. Dr. Mintz, the patient has been medicated and is ready to see you now. Nurse Heather opened the file on the desk nearby, taking a moment to review the patient's records. Any changes in the patient's condition? Dr. Mintz asked in a monotone voice. A formality. Both knew the patient was beyond repair. None. The patient's delusions remain, demanding to speak with the warden, claiming they are only guests and rambling about that play that aired the other night, The King in Yellow. And their other crimes? The incident in the theatre? What about 1452 Atlantic Avenue? That pathetic attempt at blocking the door. 
They believed they were attacked and were defending themselves. Her voice was thick with pity. What could have caused somebody to snap like this so quickly? None of the patient's records showed any prior history of mental instability. Can you make any sense of it, Doctor? Who could? Dr. Mint sighed and stood, grabbing the file from his desk. My job is not to understand, it is to cure. Perhaps my experimental procedures will prove fruitful on this one. The nurse winced and felt goosebumps on her arm. She knew how his procedures would turn out, and she doubted it would prove anything. Each investigator who was defeated is driven insane. If there are not enough investigators to continue the campaign, well, we have quite a few, the campaign is over and the players lose. If another resolution was reached, the remaining investigators proceed to that resolution, and if no resolution was reached, we go to resolution one. And so ended the madness of the King in Yellow. It was echoes of the past that made me feel nervous. Maybe it's just I've not played enough Calvin, or... I don't think it's that. I think it's that I was too slow. And I think the not having a way of accelerating through movement, clue acquisition, apart from look what I found. I suppose maybe a newspaper, but that's not as helpful for solo because most of these locations were one clue locations. And not having a way of dealing out huge amounts of damage definitely hampers me. And this was a fun experience, but this is where you come in. Why not either send us a message on drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com or tweet to us at drawn to the flame or even on Facebook? Leave us a little comment about who you would like me to play next. If you're a patron, and that means you've supported us on patreon.com forward slash drawn to the flame, your votes count for more. And yes, that seems unfair, but you've also put money towards making this podcast better, which makes you an amazing person, and we're super grateful. So thank you for that. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Can't wait to see who we get for the rest of Carcosa. Could be anyone. Please don't suggest Lola, but maybe we should have Silas and carry on the survivor theme. Or maybe we should go crazy and go for a mystic or something like that. Who knows? You tell me. And we'll go from there. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.